Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We are here with a special guest host, Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing? Good, Lucky. How about yourself? I'm phenomenal as always. So uh, Pat's a good friend and he comes to us with a background in technology, computers, supply chain, consulting, a whole bunch of things. So Pat, what would you say that you're up to these days? Well, um, that's a good question to start with. I think you summarize it pretty well. I would describe myself as a technology consultant who is focusing on procurement technology, transformation, as well as the process enablement. Now, that's just uh, another way of saying that I usually work with organizations to implement, you know, their buying and procurement system according to what works best and also incorporating their respective particularities. That hopefully summarizes yeah. what I do pretty well. <laughs> yeah, and summarizing for the kids that don't really know tech or supply chain, it's helping companies uh, buy and sell better, the, the, the kind of a nutshell. But yeah, that sounds uh, right. We're, yeah, so, so that's a little bit of what you're doing now, but we'd love to rewind and go back in time and ask, what were you like as a kid? So what are some early fond childhood memories uh, when, when Pat was a, a wee little one back in, back in the day? So what were you like as a kid? Yeah, no, this is a good question because uh, I do often reflect and sometimes I myself wonder how I got here. Right? <laughs> and I think, uh, by the way, uh, appreciate the opportunity for uh, inviting me on this podcast because sometimes this is also a good thing to discuss. So what was I like as a kid? I consider myself, <laughs> I consider myself, you know, somebody who was quite lazy. I was, I was, I was <laughs> spoiled. Um, I recall being, um, um, I recall being a procrastinator and very mm -hmm. disorganized. This is when, you know, uh, as you know, I was, I was, I was born in Indonesia and, you know, I could never really finish my homeworks in time. You know, things just seemed to be moving really fast at that time for me. And I just couldn't, couldn't keep up. I was never mm -hmm. a top talent, uh, in my class of 42. You know, that was okay. a ranking system there. Never made it top 10. I think I made it 11 at some point. But that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was as far as I could go. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I had a good circle of friends. And, you know, they're all are, 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 are better than me in terms of, of ranking. So I always felt like I was, you know, the weakest link, I guess, <laughs> at, that one, at that time. Right. Uh, so that's when, that's my, my stage uh, when I was in, was when I was in Indonesia. I was, I was, before I was 14 years old. Yeah, so, so growing up, what were what were some yeah. of the influences along the way? So like, uh, I presume, I hope, like parents mm -hmm. weren't the, the lazy, spoiled procrastinator types. <laughs> it's oh. not just that you were uh, surrounded by them. Um, yeah, but then I think what was the influences that kind of helped you get out of that as well? Oh, many, right? I think the, the there are three primary influences in my life. And I was just speaking about my, my, my younger days, but along the journey, Along that journey, you know, in high school, I met a really good circle of friends who I learned um, discipline from, right? Like mm. my parents obviously played a large role, but it didn't really, you know, it's different between being told what to do versus uh, seeing an example, right? Of someone mm. like, oh, you know, this person is close to my age and um, he's he or she is like, uh, I can relate to that person, right? And they're doing uh, better, they're diligent, they're 
never have to be told what to do and they just do their work. So, so that's the circle of friends that I kind of ended up surrounding myself with. And all of these, obviously there's also the, the career kind of like, uh, uh, social circles, right. Where I think from there, I learned to be more confident from the nature of my work, because mm-hmm. as you know, um, I was part of the, uh, the consulting, uh, group, right. And that kind of, um, uh, put me in front of strangers and situations where I had to uh, speak publicly, you know, it's always like, uh, and a big learning experience as well that comes along with that. So I think from there, I learned to be comfortable with kind of like rolling with the punches, so to say, right? Like, uh, when there is a situation where you're not familiar with first time around, your tendency is always to pause and, and panic and worry probably about the things <laughs> that you don't really need to worry about. Right. Uh, but from there, I think, you know, enough of that will tell you like, okay, you know, what matters and what is a distract, what are distractions? So I think I became yeah. more confident from that angle. Yeah. I'd love if you dug a little bit more into your, your younger days. So it sounds like that you made a transition because you had a good circle of friends. And I'm reminded of the quote, something like that. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So it might be a good cue for, for folks out there, for the young ones to do a, a an audit on your friends to say like, do I actually want to be like these people? <laughs> or can I spend an extra hour hanging out with someone with the qualities or the traits or characteristics that I want to emulate and be like? So it sounds like that's a, a good cue. And I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about that high school experience and like, what prompted you to get into like computers? Like, were you always like the tech geek that was building their own computers, video games and stuff like that. I, I know for, for me, uh, I, I was a little bit into that. And I'm wondering if you can share your experience on, on uh, getting into computers. Yeah. Okay. That's actually a, a, a really good question because I think when, you know, we're at the same age, right? I think when we were starting, computer was just start becoming something that's starting to become a hot thing to learn about, right? Um, how did I get into computers? Did I know about it to answer that, that question? Absolutely not. Right. Like okay. I didn't even know until much later in life after high school, when okay. I was in high school, the only technology course we had exposure to was keyboarding, right? Okay. <laughs> there, there wasn't anything programming in, in, in my high school. I think there, I might've taken a, a side course for that, but I can't remember exactly, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we didn't have a, a class for that. So I originally, you know, um, I was influenced by, uh, a couple of friends who wanted to go into business. It felt like something that was like in at the time, right. When we go into mm. business or economics. So I kind of followed the path. I was more of a follower at that time. You know, I just okay. follow where the crowd goes. Uh, but as I graduated high school, I did really well in uh, economics and accounting in high school. But when I got to university here, University of Toronto, first year economics and first year accounting, I completely botched uh, accounting, especially, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the wake up call that I might've been picking something that I wasn't either good at, or I wasn't going to be good at, or I wasn't interested in. Like, so, and I think at the time, I happened to my, my, my friends happened to be interested or were part of the uh, computer science program. And that's, again, uh, I end up following them just to see how it is. Right. <laughs> so I think it's about, you know, sometimes you just got to fall, right? Like you guys got to fall to realize that maybe this is not the path I want to take. 
you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I just happened to, happen to end up liking programming and technical. I think I, I kind of funny thing in, uh, is that I should have known that because I mm -hmm. was into video games. I always into like understanding how that works, right? Like I read um, magazines and articles about programming. I just never dawned on me that, hey, maybe this is something I want to look into. <laughs> yeah. I think a couple of things come to mind is that that failure, uh, I think, is important mm -hmm. where I think there's a quote to, to the effect of uh, failure is part of success. Um, yes. So it's it's not yeah. the opposite of it. So you need to make Absolutely. sure that you do fall, fall down once in a while. And then uh, the quote or that recognizes that sometimes after the fact, you can connect the dots. But along the way, it's a little bit harder to do that. And, and I'm yeah. wondering if you could share a little bit more on that transition. So you mentioned you grew up in Indonesia and ended up at U of T. Was that always the plan for you to, oh, to go to Canada? <laughs> and then and oh, talk a little think, bit about the transition into the, that business uh, program or the choice between that, if you could. I think there's an overarching theme here that this is going to be a lot of, there was a lot of surprises in my life and about okay. uh, rolling with the punches. <laughs> so... No, um, I, I, I did not expect to uh, somehow move from Indonesia all the way here. I think it's like a two-step process too. So okay. Indonesia was a school of, you know, where classes were, were 40 students uh, large and you're just a number, right? There's barely any, um, I guess, intimate interactions between, between you and, and the, the faculty, right? So you never really got that attention, right? Um, I think somehow one thing led to another. I wasn't a good fit. I was not doing well. Um, and that's when I moved to my high school in Singapore, right? Mm. So it was pretty close, but still I was moved. I moved at a very young age. It was, uh, I think, maybe a little bit uh, too young for somebody to move away from, from my family at the age of 14. But I think it's something I also am glad happened. Right, okay. uh, because that school was very small, so mm -hmm. we had a lot of interactions with our teachers. Right, so um, there were like a lot of good advice um, resonating. I think that's the uh, relatable. I should say not resonate. Re relatable advice because they know how to provide it to me now that I look back. Right, right? like they can seize the moment. They can they can they can act on you know the the, the situation. So. I think that was really the key. Like I finally realized, oh, okay, you know, this is what it means to, to learn, right. To, mm -hmm. to understand something. Uh, and then from there, that was a Canadian international school. So okay. I think from, from there it was, it became a lot easier to move into a, a Canadian college, Canadian university is where I ended up again. I was following my friends. <laughs> I didn't really know where <laughs> I was going. <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to specialize in. And then a couple of my friends went to University of Toronto. I'm like, okay, yeah. Toronto sounds fun. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. I think it connects back to the importance of surrounding yourself with, with good friends because yeah. had they gone up to different things, I'm sure you would have 
different adventures. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, still yeah, yeah. would have been uh, different. So sounds like that uh, moving to the high school in Singapore was a great move for you uh, with some of those friends. You, guys, I would say, yeah. yeah. So, so you learned some of that that discipline. You got some very relatable advice, but and then you the ended thing, up transitioning actually, to you. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. I wanted to call this out. I, I think it's also about being mm. ready to act okay. on it, right? Like, and, and I had a supporting, uh, a, su- a very supportive family member because I, you could kind of, you're a parent. Um, I think for some parents, it might've been difficult to to mm-hmm. let go, right? Of someone so young, uh, even though it's only like an hour plane, right? I don't know how it is in this day and age, but at the time, uh, my family was quite traditional. So there were, you know, uh, uh, a bit of conflicting opinions about about that, but I'm glad mm. it ended up that way. So there were people who were supportive of me, and I was able to take advantage of it. So I think that was also key: being having the mentality to be able to react to it, you know, in a positive manner, sort of, and picking the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. and we'll probably need to talk to uh, your mom and dad and <laughs> have a parenting advice version for this. But yeah. it's always helpful when you have supportive family members exactly. or just supportive people around you in general uh, in order to help. Absolutely. You that, it's, so. it's blessing in disguise combined with, with, you know, obviously luck as well. Like meeting the people that, that, that I met over, over there when I, in Singapore. Sounds, sounds mm-hmm. good. So, so now we're, we're in Toronto, you started and uh, I guess a business program, but got like punched in the face in economics mm. and accounting and realized, you know what, computers is a better fit. So uh, punch in the face. Uh, how, how was that experience go through kind of the, the last few years of, of university? And then obviously we graduated around the same time when the uh, dot-com bubble didn't do so well and, and tech was really in, a, in, a, in shambles. So what was the transition from like school to, to the work environment like? Yeah, again, this is this is interesting. Now, now that we're having this conversation, I'm realizing how lucky I am. Um, university to the uh, the workforce. So I got my job not through the regular um, screening channel, right? Like I think, mm-hmm. as you know, we usually have to submit resumes, attend uh, recruiting events. I did none or very little of that in fact so the reason i got into my uh primary work is that what's the word i'm thinking about my uh my, my main job at the time right because there were a sure. lot of side gigs that i did so i i helped with uh, uh a pro teaching a programming course you know i worked uh, part-time at a retail store while waiting for work so I didn't get my job right away. I, so I didn't get my, my, my real, <laughs> feels bad saying it like a real job. Every job is a real job. But <laughs> my main job, I didn't get it until like six months after I graduated. So there was a bit of a waiting period. And I got that through networking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 a, it's an easy version of networking. It's just through my friends. And these are friends whom I've worked with during university who knew my capabilities, right? Because we were working together on a project. She knew how diligent I was, how, you know, how I take uh, pride in the quality of my uh, deliverables. So I think she was confident enough to vouch for me for this Mm -hmm. company, right? And... One thing after another, after another, I was hired as initial uh, a contractor. They ended up 
and liking working with me. And I just, you know, got the offer for a full-time as a full-time employee. So, um, yeah, I, it, it was one of those things where now I look back like, wow, you know, I don't <laughs> think I could have survived the, what is it? Two or three rounds of interviews that where I had to compete <laughs> with hundreds, probably even, you know, thousands of candidates, yeah. if not for this, you know? Uh, so I think that's yeah. the, I, I try to emphasize that I think to, to, to people I meet, it's, uh, or it's those who are entering um, their careers or early in their careers, like just never underestimate networking, especially, you know, don't associate networking with just the professional circles. It's also your right. friends, right? Like who can, who, who knows how you operate in a business setting, in a professional setting. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And it is great advice to the students out there. Stay connected, uh, be connected yeah. with all of your classmates. And never and I think, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the important part here is that you really want people to understand your capabilities and your abilities. Because there's the networking where like, hey, can you submit my resume? Right. Versus the uh, networking where, hey, you know how I operate. You know how diligent, how awesome I am. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think I would be a good fit for your team? That would, yeah. That's a very different sort of networking. Yeah, and I think that was the key piece where you had a classmate who knew uh, how you operated and, and could vouch for you. I think that's the part that a lot of people miss, where they're just hoping for someone to hand in their resume or submit a piece of paper. But without that that uh, backing behind yeah. it, the, the reference and recommendation, then uh, it, it doesn't go as far as, as you would hope. Yeah, and something just dawned on me when you when you when you talk about it that way, and you look at it from those two angles, right? Like one of that example is like active networking. You're submitting mm -hmm. resumes, right? But the other, um, I guess, advantage about the way my version of networking, and it's not to say that you have to pick one or the other, but there's that angle sure. as well where it's it's somewhat passive. You you are doing this. You're showing your capabilities because you had to do work, right? Like you, you were doing yeah. something else and people see the output. Um, that's just like part of your day-to-day, -day, it's supposed to be part of your day-to-day -day activities, right? Like network through that as a byproduct of your discipline, byproduct of your, you know, uh, your, your diligence, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's oh, call it networking through mm -hmm. good work and, and just yeah. kind of showcasing. Um, one analogy that I use is, is there's that philosophical idea of like, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, it doesn't make a sound. <laughs> so, so most people have heard that. But I usually say, if you did a good job and no one knows about it, did you really? Yeah, right? that's a good Because that's one yeah. of those aspects mm -hmm. where, yes, you don't want to be a braggart and you don't want to be arrogant and, and talking about yourself. But if yeah. zero people know about it, like you create the, the best research paper and report ever, but it sits on your desk. Yeah. Well, yeah. then like nobody knows about it. So people need to be out there. And sometimes that networking part about the passiveness, sure, you, you need to do good work, but someone needs to know about that. And I think that's a, a lesson I learned later on in, in my life. Oh, uh, man, I just thought good work would, would I recognize. Could, I can already see my brain going, you know where I was going with that discussion is yeah. there is also the opposite side where ultimately when you become senior enough or, or not even, right, like mid-level, uh, you have to be able to recognize that a tree fell, right? Like, or you have to be able to, <laughs> to recognize because that's on you now 
to help elevate right. others. You know, right. like sometimes you're just, um, I have met a lot. Uh, I think the, I want, I don't want to say the average person, but most of the people I've met, uh, through work is more like, okay, get the job done. You did it. Well, that's it. Right. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the extent of our relationship, but there are others who, you know, are willing uh, or understand that, uh, promoting my good work or recognizing it is it is important right not only for my career but on the in the long run it will help them as well because if i can do some more of something <laughs> they get to do either less of what they do or do uh, something that you know they, they some other things that they want to do so oh man i know my thoughts are all over the place i do enjoy <laughs> this podcast by the way i all right <laughs> i'll stop <laughs> that, no that, it's it's good so uh, I'll, I'll like turn it back to you, you now landing a job you you contracted full-time and mm. are starting to go through th this journey with a consulting firm so so walk us through a couple of key milestones in there that you recommend maybe, maybe some of the the lessons learned uh, along the way uh -huh. and then you're ultimately now in kind of the, the contracting space so so out of the full-time consulting but cool. uh let's walk through some some of those kind of key milestones along the way yeah, a lot to unpack. I'll start again with the fact that coming into consulting um, was not in my plans. Heck, I didn't even know what <laughs> consulting was when I first joined. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you realize that. But a lot of this was about, it's another level, another stage in my life where I had to learn a lot, right? So I think um, one thing's for sure, I actually would recommend um, consulting for those of you who uh, share my 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 I guess background here where you know I'm not somebody who actually knew what I was going to do right out of high school right out of college even I think uh, how somehow ending up in consulting allows me to just explore and um, and see other things right because it's a project-based approach or at least the consulting that I was in is a project-based approach where you go from one place or one team to another right learning about how or one group or one person interacts and what they do right now. I, yeah, I get it. I'm part of this one space of sourcing and procurement, but uh, I think it just happens. I've, I know people who have moved around, right? Like yourself as an example. Uh, I think it gives that, uh, it, it encourages you to look around, right? Like be aware of all the differences that's that, mm -hmm. that are around you. So, so I think, uh, that's that's the one message I wanted to say in this segment. Um, I think consulting also taught me quite a, a lot of things in terms of, uh, again, going back to what I said, just rolling with the punches, right? Like it's it's a lot of a lot of work. Uh, some of them are quite intense, and I think I was put into a lot of situations where I don't usually know who I'm going to work in it right off the bat, right? There were a lot of projects with different team every time. And as a matter of fact, I think every project, I remember thinking at some point, like, how come I never get to do the same thing twice? It, to the mm -hmm. point that it almost annoys me that every time mm -hmm. I go into a project, I have to learn something new. <laughs> right? Right. I can never be good at something <laughs> or be excellent at something. Um, but in the end of the day, looking back, that was actually, I think, one of the things that I that I appreciate, you know, that I that I felt like I was lucky to be able to not only experience but just endure. Mm -hmm. Part of it is is, is enduring all, all that all that 
stress, you know. For sure. Yeah. And for me, I would share that same sentiment where when I landed a job in consulting, uh, yeah. it was, again, through the same method, through networking, obviously a different person, uh, yeah. two different circles. Uh, but I didn't know what consulting was. But now, <laughs> okay, it's quite so per pervasive. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought I was joining a, an like accounting firm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the uh, kids these days or the folks that I talk to on campus, they know very well what consulting is because it they've done a good job in terms of branding themselves. Mm -hmm. And a couple of things is, is it seems to be the new place to go to when folks don't know what to do. Because <laughs> I get messages where like, oh, I want to go to consulting so yeah. I can figure out what I want to do, right? Because yeah. as you said, you get a whole bunch of exposure and exploration into various different areas of, of business, technology, or whatever. Yeah. And with different teams, with different industries, with different whatever. Mm -hmm. And from there, presumably, you can kind of narrow down to say, okay, I like this type of work. I like this type of area, this type of yeah. domain, and uh, potentially choose from there. So I think it's a great place to do that. But I've also heard um, that that consulting, like a year in consulting, is like two years in industry, mainly because instead of working 40 hours a week, you're working 80. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, 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 you, and the big... you do new things, right? Like not new things, but yeah. you, you don't do the same things uh, um, that entire time, usually, right? In, right. in the project setting. Yeah. Yeah. Totally and the way that the, the system is, is built is that those at the ground level doing the work, they have to learn the work for yeah. like 40 hours and then yeah. do the work for like 40 hours. So yeah. that, hence the yeah. extra time period. So there is a active amount of learning that's there now. Consulting yeah. firms have recognized that and they uh, have adjusted the work-life balance, but there is still yeah. um, an expectation for you to, to learn extra. So if you want to do the same things and uh, over and over again, consulting is definitely not the place for you <laughs> because they will challenge you and get you to learn. Yeah, uh, and I think it, that's that's a good point. It's not for everyone, right? But I actually sure. will go a step further and encourage where they can, encourage those who are just starting their career to give it a try because i think once you're the biggest thing i realized throughout my career here i mean a lot of my project has to do with transformation right so it's essentially what mm -hmm. that means is we're asking people to change the way to do certain things um whether it be for the better or the worse uh, mm -hmm. but change is hard i think this is you know a phrase that that gets thrown around quite a lot in in our, in our project change is hard that being said, if you're part of consulting and you're into it's kind of like these project modes where um, maybe you're not doing the same thing um, more than once or twice, I think just, you know, passively, your mentality is, is used to reacting, to changing, to, again, rolling with the punches. And I think that goes a long way because less things will phase you, right? Like change will, 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 not, will not cause any, any, any panic or... or or, you know, stress. And I think that's what I learned about myself. Like, I'm not afraid of, you know, what am I getting into kind of thing? Because I know at the end of the day, this is exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to have to learn. Yeah. And and then uh, we'll figure it out along the way. You know, I think it's, uh, uh, I, I noticed that's, that's, that's one of the things that I, you know, inherited through through that <laughs> through that uh, ordeal <laughs> through that gauntlet <laughs> yeah it reminds me of the the quote uh, the only constant is change so be prepared for that yeah. um, that things are going to change no matter what and for those uh, students out there that want to give consulting a try, you can look at uh, one of our previous episodes. We had Dan Marquez, who started the uh, University Consulting Group, 
Um, oh, so that's okay. an organization that helps or brings students into kind of the consulting world and, and gives them support and mentorship in order to learn that. And for those that are already graduated, there's Endeavor Consulting, where it's not students, it is uh, experienced professionals, uh -huh. but you also get mentorship from other consultants so that you're not uh, kind of left. That left sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, that sounds interesting. I, didn't, uh, I don't so, know if we had that during our, our day and age, right? Like when we graduated. No, I think they were founded fairly recently. So oh, uh, wow. like, again, okay. I didn't even know what consulting was, but now more yeah, and more people a... are very readily know what, what consulting is. And it seems to be a very uh, kind of go-to area. So again, as, as Pat recommended, give it a try. It may or may not be for you, but uh, at least uh, give it a shot. And as far um, as Pat's recommendation uh, goes, know coming in that it's going to be intense, right? Like I think you and I both <laughs> know that there's not a lot of people who kind of survived RT more than a couple of years, which is fine. Sure. Nothing wrong with that. But I think that's an indication that it is. It can be, at least when we were there, <laughs> it can yeah. be stressful. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, I, I, I would imagine that they want to, you know, they've changed for the better, right? In the early years. Yeah. One always want to retain yeah. good, good talent. <laughs> yeah. And I love, I guess that kind of sets up for the next stage. So if you can share a little bit about the transition out. So, so you're not right. working for the consulting firm anymore right. and you're kind of off on your own. What mm -hmm. was that transition like to, to get into the, the contracting world? Wow. I was always a follower, as I said before. <laughs> and you know where this is going. So yeah. for those audience who don't know, Luki and I are very close. We started consulting together. And as we did joining together, when Luki left, not long after that, probably even a few minutes after that, I also left. <laughs> yeah. um, how did I get into, into contracting? I think it's also because, well, that's one factor. But I think through that journey, I realized what I like to do which is mm. I like to be, uh, I don't like to be managing people. I can, but I don't want to get that high, right? Like I actually like doing things I like development. I like the programming. I like the, <laughs> I actually like the business analyst kind of work where you interact with mm. the business to understand what it is that they're doing. And I try to relate to them. Um, so I wanted to stop at that level, not stop, but at least I want to expand that layer. Right. Um, and it didn't really kind of, occur to me that I'm, the nature of consulting is they always try to push you up as well, right? And I think this is fairly true for most industries. They always want to move up. Um, I think I was very comfortable at some point. Um, I got to this point where I was a technical lead and a functional lead, and I really liked that work. And then I started becoming a project manager, right? It's like, huh, you know, I don't know if I actually like this. I want to do the coding. Uh, right. I, want, I want to do the development. Um, I don't want to be like managing a project plan and stuff like that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I just didn't really enjoy doing it. Um, so I think that's also a compelling reason why I decided to go for contracting because then I can focus or advertise or, or brand myself as somebody who is, you know, an, ex an expert in this area of, an expert mm -hmm. as a functional lead, um, as a as just an advisor, right in that in that area. So, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's the reason why. That's that would be like the main reason why. Yeah, what I took from that is that society or kind of typical career paths are up up and to the right, <laughs> right? More and more management, yeah. and I think there's something called the 
I think it's called the Peter Principle, where uh, you are promoted up to the level of your incompetence or <laughs> yeah, dislike. I like using that right? term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, so, so in the sense that you realize that, well, I actually don't like the managing the people part. I actually like the doing part of it. And I actually yeah. thought in, in my career as well that there were a few times where I thought I wanted to be demoted <laughs> yeah. right, to get back yeah. to doing the work. Because sometimes when you're uh, up there, then it's a little bit too kind of strategic, but too fluffy and not really tangible. Yeah. Um, but there are different paths where you can stay down that course and and i know some consulting firms are doing pretty well in terms of keeping folks but it is the expectation like overall the firm wants you to, to move up and become a partner and yeah like that whereas uh for folks that that want to stay at a level again they're they're doing uh, better in that but it, it starts it's a little bit challenging yeah. to combat that you know it, it's interesting i'm actually not sure if this is kind of like the consulting way right i almost want to feel that that's the case because maybe in industries you're a bit they're a bit more there's obviously uh, uh, not as strong of a push, right? I think it was more cultural in consulting where, you know, you're, you're sure. trying to move up, right? Or did everybody else around you is moving up. So it's kind of strange for you not to, right? Like it just yep. didn't feel right to to be, to 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 want to remain where you are. But I think maybe in industry, it might be a more tolerant or just more common to, to do it that way. So constructed, uh, constructing, Contractor is not the only path if you want to do that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I think the culture is still there. It's often in a, on a slightly different time scale where, like I said, the, the two years in consulting is uh, uh, one year in consulting is two in industry. It's almost accelerated at that same pace. Yeah, where yeah. It's still, uh, at least in my experience of, of folks that I speak to, there is still that, that drive and that pull. Uh, but because the time skills are, are a little bit lengthened, yeah. then the expectation to move in there. But uh, yeah, I guess it, it depends on the, the path and the culture. And uh as we kind of close off the uh, this episode and uh, get oh, into really? some of your swike, the uh, stuff I wish I knew earlier. I know you shared a lot of it, uh, like kind of rolling with the punches. Uh, it's definitely a, a theme there, surrounding yourself with good good people to, to follow. Uh, and uh, I, are there any other messages that you want to emphasize or share uh, as part of the stuff I wish I knew earlier or advice to the young Pats listening out there? Oh yeah, that uh, that stuff. I think it's more about taking the time uh, of recognizing your situation. I I don't think I do that enough. That's a little bit. Mm. I find that even that phrase a little bit abstract to me. But you know, kind of ties into the whole point why this thought, right? Like uh, this, there's a lot of stuff I wish I knew earlier happens is, hap <laughs> is even happening. It's just we never really thought about it. Uh, that much when it's happening so i think the advice i give is you know take the time to breathe take the time to really think of you know my situation what uh what just happened right like am i in a good spot am i if there's if there's anything uh, uh if there's anything better out there why certain things happen right they usually have there is a reason behind that um and i think it's important to take the time to really you know just just reflect um, I just don't think I do that enough. And I, and I think if I did, I do now, um, I would be more comfortable with myself. I think when I, when I was young, I was very insecure person when I was young, uh, <laughs> I probably forgot to mention that part. <laughs> right. Um, 
um, yeah, but I think in general, it's, um, you know, again, in the spirit of maybe we should title this, this, this podcast, like rolling with the punches, um, the spirit <laughs> of rolling with the punches and the, and the spirit of just being able to react, you know, you always want to make sure you are equipped to react to the situation. So like get the basics, right. Right. Um, I think in this day and age, uh, from a from a knowledge perspective, you know, uh, where we live in a technology world, so some kind of basic understanding of the technology of your math skills will be highly important uh, going forward. I think even having that gives you a leg up, right? Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the surprises, I think, will have something to do or will require that skill set. <laughs> Less about you know, uh, <laughs> video game reference, uh, less about knowing how uh, to craft survival items, but more about being able to respond to these technical challenges, I think. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. So so what I took from that is taking the time to, to, to breathe. So just taking the time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of times we're in this kind of go, go, go society. What's next? We have to do things. But like taking a, a five-minute breather, like enjoying your, an afternoon on the weekend or a whole weekend or a whole week yeah. right, to yourself to ponder like, are things going the way you want it to? Or are you on what I call like the conveyor belt of life, right? Because people uh, go through and they go to high school and thump, you, you get your degree and then you go to university, thump, you get your degree and then you go get your job and you get yeah. married, you get all this sort of stuff, right? So taking that time to think is, is important. The hard part is uh, actually reflecting on a negative part because hmm. when I do that, there's always this part of my brain, right? That is almost afraid to face it. Like, because let's say I did some terrible mistake or I was embarrassed when uh, for an event. I can't recall right now what it is, but but sure. there are times where I sit down like, oh man, that was embarrassing. And then I just stop, right? Because your brain just doesn't, doesn't really want to go there. doesn't want to relive that. But I think it's okay. <laughs> you just have to be, to acknowledge that it happened. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, take the time to think, yeah, you know what, maybe I could have done something better. Or it could be the other way, like, oh, you know what, that happened for a reason. It wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was nothing I could do about it. And you move on, man. It's just like, it's, it's that, it sounds simple, but I totally can relate to the challenge because, you know, uh, it's just, it's just human for you not to want to relive the, I guess, for the lack of a better term, the trauma, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The trauma of, trauma yeah. of embarrassment. <laughs> one one quote has helped me a lot. It yeah. uh, comes from Shakespeare, of all places, in Hamlet, where oh, they wow. say, uh, yeah. for there is nothing good or bad, and thinking makes it so. So if you actually take a look at whatever that so-called trauma is and say, well, how could that trauma be the best thing ever? Yeah. Or that was the, the best lesson that I learned. Yeah, that, that can be yeah. super important. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can do that with the help of a coach, with the help of a therapist or whatever. I think more yeah, people should you know what? Uh, take the time mm-hmm. to, to think. That's true. And yeah, then, like a sounding board. Somebody to just, you know, balance it off because yeah, it, it's tough to think about something like that when you're like distraught, right? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And uh, in terms of like rolling with the punches again, probably an, an apt name for this uh, episode. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I guess figured it out. Figuring out the, the different skills, 
whether it be tech skills, whether it be uh, stopping procrastination, or, or maybe it's just surrounding yourself with great people so that you have people to emulate and people to, to follow that, that will put you in a good uh, spot in the future versus, well, if they weren't as uh, diligent yeah. <laughs> or as productive, then, then you might have ended up in a different path. So yeah. I think those are great uh, lessons. And I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about kind of future aspirations. What will you be up to in the next little while? And then when where can folks connect with you if they want to reach out? I don't know, Lucky. I'm comfortable where I am right now. Now, I actually, <laughs> you know, there's some truth to that, right? Like, I think um, I, I like to think that, you know, the the reason why things happened to me, like the all these rolling with the punches, like all all these surprises, like it led me to to this point where I actually don't, I'm. I can't recall when the last time I felt like I needed to do that. Like I can't recall the last time I was put in a situation where I was like, okay, I have no idea what the heck I was doing. Um, <laughs> so I'm at a comfort level. So I, I consider it, you could be right. This could be kind of like a, a stage in my life where I just rest a little bit <laughs> before I move <laughs> on. Uh, so in terms of future aspirations, I think uh, it's more about, um, I want to try to help others just like you. Just you know, in maybe some subtle ways to give it, give the right advice. Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully that sure. that can be uh, beneficial and valuable for them in the future. Um, and I think in terms of contacting me or for those of you who or those of your audience who wants to understand a bit more about all the transitions that I've gone through, who would like to <laughs> to 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 relate uh, to that experience, they can reach me. At, at LinkedIn. I think that's the easiest place. Um, Kingman Patrick Wardana, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll link them up into the, sh yeah, the show notes. Yeah, we'll put our, my, my email in your, uh, in your cast. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Pat, for sharing your, your swipe, the stuff I wish on you earlier and having this conversation. Oh, my God. Thanks and, for having uh, me. Yeah, this for, been, for... yeah, this was fun. This was fun. Sounds good. And and again, there's so many different nuggets that we could deep dive into, but uh, yeah. we want to keep this uh, episode just as yeah. an intro, but hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode. Thank you, Lucky. All right. Take care, Pat. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.